Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to Total Seavers Podcast. My name is Simo. Today I'm joined by Deej. Hello, Deej. Hello, hello. Uh, We're also joined by Adam. Say hello, Adam. Hello, everybody. And we're also joined by a brand new screamer, a very special screamer, because long-time listeners will remember the show we used to do, the same old screamers, uh, in conjunction with the same old Arsenal podcast. Um, And now... We've made, in my opinion, the biggest signing we've ever made at Screamers. We have Craig. How are you doing, Craig? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much, Simo. A pleasure to be here. Um, a place I never thought I'd be. Back I know. Mike. What a fall from grace. Yeah, I know. I know. I've <laughs> fallen off the wagon. Or fallen off the wagon and got back on the apple cart. Is it? Is yeah. That what they say. Um, delighted to be here, mate. Absolutely delighted. Can't wait. I'm glad you're back in the podcast. You had a wee bit of break. How was your break? Did you enjoy just having a wee bit of time away from the mic? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, there, there was there was a nice break, but you know, as I've you know, I don't hide. I you know, and you know, and everyone else, a lot of people know that I don't hide my um, my mental health problems. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to be you know. Um, quite out there with it and yeah i had i had a few you know for while i was out i had a few i had a few problems and a few moments but look it comes and goes and it comes and goes at the moment we're good so uh you know and i'm glad to hear we'll crack on <laughs> and the viewers of the same old arsenal and i'm sure some of them will listen to this to, to listen to you as well uh we'll know the great work that you've done in that field uh and your time at same old arsenal we podcasted for about five years haven't you craig and you you, you got me and me and jake on yeah. oh nice and early well, i remember I mean, when we interviewed you, you, you and Lee Judges, That's way back. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I've been podcasting for about ten years, I suppose. Really? Because oh, I, I, I done the, I done the Guna talk before that, and that I, before I started to say my old Arsenal, I kind of passed the Guna, the Guna talk onto Tom Canton, and um, my goodness, has he done a job with it? He won an award last week, so congratulations, Tom. If you I ever did get see that, this. yeah. Um, you know, so he, re- he, he took it, and you know, took it round grabbed it around the scruff of the neck and has taken it to, to new heights. So I'm delighted um, that he's done that. Um, he deserves it. He's very hardworking. Um, one of the best Arsenal uh, analysts, one of the best Arsenal podcasts out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Craig, I'll be expecting my award. Uh, but now that we've got you on board and, and, and within 12 months, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that, so that time frame on it. No. Right. Okay, lads, we need to get into our Premier League review. Um, we have to start with Arsenal. A bit of a screamer's derby these days. We obviously have Total Villains, which is coming to Spotify very, very soon. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. Um, Craig actually uh, featured in that very recently. Um, so, screamer's derby here. Craig, Billy, George. Um, but it all very much went um, very nicely for you. For your luck, Craig, the Arsenal. Um, I don't think I've seen as bad a half of football in the first half from Villa. Um, since they were promoted into the Premier League, mm. um, but I'd imagine it was very pleasing for you to see to see well, Arsenal in that in that new shape. Well, of course. I mean, like you know, you, the, the Palace game a couple of days before it, it was an awful performance. Can't believe I was watching Arsenal kind of go one nil up and then kind of you know trying to sit back and 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 keep the one nil. 
and, and take the three points. It's never going to happen. You, you you can't sit back against the team for 80 minutes and expect to come away with a 1-0 win um, unless you're Liverpool or Manchester City, by, by which time you've probably scored 10 goals anyway, so you can sit back. <laughs> but um, yeah, very disappointing to see them play like that against Crystal Palace. And I, I, I was worried, uh, Simo, about the Aston Villa game. And the people that saw me on um, Billy's channel, uh, the Total Villains, I was worried about it. I, I thought that... They were going to come down. They had nothing to lose. No one's scared to play us anymore, um, which is which is a thing that you know that's, that's really getting to me at the moment. I mean, you go back to when we were you know doing when we were invincibles and and this that and the other. It wasn't we you know all the Arsenal fans were, were talking about you know it wasn't if we were going to win or not. We knew we were going to win, but it was just by how much. How many goals were we going to score? You know, so that fall from grace as an Arsenal fan is um, you know it's not nice. But Villa come down. I was expect you know expected. I was expecting a tough game. When really it was, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't that. I mean, I think the score flattered Aston Villa. I thought we should we should have beaten them five or six, I agree. seven one. I agree. Um, you know, with all agree. the chances that we had. You know, Martinez, the best goalkeeper in the world, he's pulled <laughs> off a few good saves um, to stop us scoring goals. But uh, overall, mate, happy with it. Um, how good is that, Nuno Travares? Oh my God! Like Kieran not, Tierney. Yeah. He's got to was, be worried because I was going to say because yeah. you're never going to get your your full sort of 38 games out of Kieran Tierney. That's yeah, never yeah. really going to happen due to his injury history. Although in the 20, 20 sort of to 25 games you get from mm. Kieran Tierney are always going to be quite good. He will be on the front foot. He'll be um, you know very attacking, but really defensive minded as well. He is a great balance, I think, Kieran Tierney. And if he did, if he had that 38 game season in him, I really do think he'd be one of the top left backs in the world. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. But Actually, I watched your your, um, your preview with Billy, and uh, Billy isn't normally confident before Aston Villa play, and he was confident in this game, and that will teach him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy. I was on the Billy same page with Billy. To be fair, though, I thought Villa would have walked this game. I know we've seen an, an uptick in Aye. form from Arsenal over the past few weeks. Uh, they're not quite as much of a joke as they looked like they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the youth coming through uh, with Smithrow and Saka looking really, really good. Tavares, you mentioned, had an absolute blinder. But I think that the big highlight for me from the Arsenal game, finally, Thomas Partey scores. Yeah. <laughs> finally. He had like, what, three chances and then finally oh, nice. scored or something in that game? But well, I was, at work, one time I was at work for that game and, um, and I was kind of following Twitter closely. And uh, when I saw that Party had scored, I like tweeted out saying, please, please tell me he's just stuck one in from 30 yards, please. <laughs> and like, people were texting me back saying more like 35 centimetres off of his shoulder. But yep. look, they, they, they all count. count. They all they count. All count um, I think a massive difference there as well was the two was Lacazette and, and, and Aubameyang made all the difference um, up front for that game. Yeah, look, it's been two years or, you know, getting on for three years now that we've had um, Arteta as manager and it was never going to happen overnight. And we've, we've as Arsenal fans, we've all gone through this thing of, oh God, is he the man? Isn't he the man? You know, you can flip and you can flop, but that comes with being a football supporter, I suppose. But I can see a definite, I can see a definite change um, in the way that Arsenal are playing. Okay, the Crystal Palace game was, you know, it was poor, but Arsenal are getting quite good defensively and they're getting quite hard to beat so you know I can see that and I think a lot of other fans can see that uh, Ben White I think is going to be he's going to be immense Ben White yeah. uh, him and him and Gabriel in the middle there are really really doing the business Travara's coming in at left back as well he's going to give Kieran Tierney a run for his money Tommy Yasu there on the right hand side I mean you know Travara's and Tommy Yasu people were complaining about signing these boys yeah and they're turning they out to big be name relevation, um, relevations, do you know? So Yeah, weren't fashionable above signings. Well, well, they were they're big fashionable names with the big price tags, were exactly. they? Exactly, exactly. I mean, but they come in and they do the job. Football, football fans, I think, I think football fans have got this horrible arrogance, and especially Arsenal fans have got this horrible arrogance. Now, I'm not, talking, <clears> I'm not talking for all Arsenal fans here. Um, there's some of them out there, you know. That if a player doesn't cost over 60 million, then he's obviously no good. You know, that's it's just not true. Do you know, just because we've signed a player, I mean, we just because we've signed a Japanese international. Oh God, Japanese! You know that. You know, oh, he can't be very good then if he's Japanese or 
or uh, Travares, 15 million. I said, oh, he costs. Oh, well, he can't be no good then. Laconga, you know, 25 <laughs> million. Oh, oh, these are rubbish players. When actually they've settled down and actually look, you know, they look like first teamers now and they're doing yeah. the business. So Young players, all under yeah. the age of 25, all get room to grow, all get price tags to grow as well. And I think that's been part yeah. of the, the philosophy in recent times. Exactly. Um, I mean, if you're going to, if you're, you know, if you're going to say, you know, trust the process, we don't see a process, I can see it. Um, I'm quite happy. I'm quite confident. You know, I'm not going to get into arguments with Arsenal fans that say that they can't see it because I can. Um, and if I can see it, then I'm happy. Other Arsenal fans, uh, you know, will, will, will rant and moan and tell you everything that's wrong with the club, even when we win. Um, not interested. Football, football is, you know, if we won every week, it'd be boring. Um, and, and, and football, you know, in the words of the great Jimmy Greaves, um, who was laid to rest over the weekend, it's a funny old game. <laughs> Very good. Um, we next go to a club where I can't see the process, and that is Norwich. Okay, mm-hmm. they had the spanking of Chelsea. I feel, really feel like the Arsenal Villa game could have went the same thing in this game, but Norwich seemed to put up zero resistance against this Chelsea side. Adam, I'm coming to you. Um, Chelsea, they're missing Timo Werner, mm-hmm. missing Lukaku. They don't mm-hmm. skip a beat. They go out and, and absolutely slaughter the whipping boys. Uh, they, they have a red card as well in the game uh, for good measure. Um could you see? I mean, could this Norwich side break the um, the the all time low points record? That I think still held by Derby at eleven. Is it, yeah, eleven points. Um, yeah, yeah, they quite possibly could. I mean, I feel like we say the same things about Norwich every week. Um, they're they're awful. <laughs> they're just <laughs> awful. Um, you know, and 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 I think what makes it worse is is the fact that their owners have come out multiple times and and sort of said, look, we're happy to be this this Top yo-yo club that's that's almost yeah, like too good for the championship, but but too poor for the Premier League. And I mean, Chelsea just went out and and showed today that even without their, their two main strikers, they can go stick seven past them with ease. And and we we spoke about how how. Um, how teams can sort of go through the motions and, and we hinted at it with Liverpool and Watford last last week and, and how Liverpool sort of went through everything in second gear. Chelsea didn't get out of second gear at any point throughout this game. Um, they made the entire, literally from minute one to minute 90, it looked like a training exercise. Um, and I do apologise to any, any Norwich City fans listening because you probably heard the same from everywhere else and, and you may be you know, trying to find a little bit of clarity and, and somebody to say something positive about the club, but I have nothing positive to say about Norwich. They, other, they are just abysmal, like genuinely abysmal. Um, but look, to, to, to go to Chelsea, I, I think obviously Mason Mount um, has, has struggled with, with form and, and especially goal-scoring form. Uh, brilliant for him to sort of come on, get a, get a hat-trick. Uh, he looked really, really a, good. A hat-trick sandwich, one right at the beginning, two at the yeah. death. Um, yeah, I mean, <coughs> Deej, what, what is Norwich? They, they need a change of ownership. They've stopped with Daniel Farker. They, they trusted him to come back up into the Premier League or do very well in the Championship, as he did. They've yo-yoed their back. Um, they don't really seem to be making any noise about saying that, that Daniel Farker's under any sort of pressure, even though the, the performances... I don't think Parker should be under pressure. I, I really oh. rate him, and I can see what he's trying to do. Uh, and I think this this may be a, a sort of a little bit out of left field and a little bit controversial, but I think the beginning of this season, Norwich have suffered from a string of bad luck. Uh, I, I, you look across their team and they do have quality. Players like Cantwell, Pukki, Ahrens, they've got the quality in the team. They don't have a proper spine, though. It's like you, you look at their centre-backs, Hanley, um, what's the other He's Gibson? Not a Premier League level defender. No yeah, way. No you need way. Uh, Kabak's there now. Kabak, I, I, I'm so glad we didn't sign him now after seeing that performance yeah. this season. <laughs> but Kabak has the potential to be that leader in defence for Norwich. He's still young. He's only 21. So there's still time to develop for him there. Um, but he's going to need somebody reliable alongside him. And he's going to need somebody reliable in front of him as well. Uh, I can't even think from the top of my head. Who is Norwich's more defensive centre midfielder? So you get Billy Gilmore that sits in midfield. You got um, he's more of that creative going forward midfielder yeah. though. Gilmore isn't he? Yeah, um, and I believe uh, who's the other one? Um, did not get red card. Did not get uh, red card. Red card was Gibson. He's uh, a defender. Ah, right. Okay. And then we got Kenny McLean, Scottish international, um, who has a defensive minus uh, minded midfielder. Um, I'll say I'll I'll stick my neck out there as well and say not Premier League quality for me. 
I think they probably need to not. Be no, I'm gonna get the feeling if it was going to happen for Kenny McLean in the Premier League, it would have, would have probably happened by now. Um, not to say that he's, he's not a terrific player. He is definitely that sort of upper echelon championship. Yeah, um, probably could do a job in a better side. I, I feel like he could do a job, and I'm and maybe I like a like a Watford or a Palace as a sort of workhorse midfielder. I feel like he could do that, but unless he's got you know other players of quality around him, I don't I don't think he's that sort of inspirational sort of. Do you know what I, I think understand what I mean? Problem. But he's expected to be a level above the, the midfielders around him, maybe, which is yeah. which is probably what he's expected of him. Well, uh, Norwich, sorry. I think the big thing we're seeing with Norwich this season is they're kind of getting found out that they were a one-man team. Like, they let Buendia go. He was there, almost their sole source of creativity the last time they were in the Premier League. Puki banging them in, thanks to Buendia. And Campwell, to some degree, sort of feeding him well. Uh, in the Championship, Buendia then goes and has a season of a lifetime to come back up. And Villa snap him up. And he's been kind of anonymous for Villa since he left. But Norwich have, have been a shell of their former selves since he's gone. They've, they're not creating anywhere near as many chances. Uh, that creativity missing from the middle of the park uh, compounds the defensive errors that they've been making. And I mean, Kabak had an absolute mare this weekend. He was caught out, I think, for three of the goals. And for somebody to, who's one of Norwich's record signings, uh, even though he was heavily discounted from his price, to come in and and play that badly so early on is his time uh, at the club. He needs to turn it around quickly, otherwise he's not going to have a leg to stand on at Norwich, and they're going to be looking to, to, to move him on within a, a year or two. Yeah, and he is at this minute in time destined for that championship, and I don't think that's maybe where he envisioned his career. Um, Quebec, I think he probably could have waited out and got a, a, maybe a better move than Norwich, and I think that might be a wee bit disrespectful to Norwich to say, but I think that is the bare truth of it. Um, but we have to move on, Trips. Uh, I want to come back to you, Craig, because I want mm. to go back to an Arsenal legend that's rejoined the Premier League as a manager, Crystal Palace. He's Crystal Palace, they play very exciting football. They get a point uh, against Newcastle at home. They're very unfortunate to only get a point. Probably should have took three, absolutely mm. dominated Newcastle. Um, how are things going at Palace for, for Patrick Vieira? Impressive. Well, I mean, you know, when they came, when they played us at the Emirates, there, there was an argument going on about you know we've we've had Mikel Arteta for for two and a half years and we can't see uh, we, we we can't see a style of play and Patrick Vieira has been manager of Palace for for three games and you can already see what you know Patrick Vieira wants to do. I mean, a lot of people tout him Patrick Vieira to be the next Arsenal manager. Um, I'm not after, surprised, you know, you know. Yeah, you know, after after Mikel Arteta, but I mean, he's done something that not not many managers could do, and he's got Benteke scoring goals again. So, you know, Benteke, really, really strange one. You know, he goes he played for Villa, bang, bangs him in left, right, and centre every time he touched a ball, he scored a goal. Goes to Liverpool. Done all right at Liverpool, I think. Um, and then obviously ends up at Crystal Palace. And I think he was struggling a little bit, you know. He you know, he wasn't scoring Never goals. Never quite happened. No, Never exactly. exactly. Palace. So it seems to be you know, I think he is good at winning aerial duels and, mm. and sort of like being a massive presence up front. I think the additions of the the forward players to exactly. Palace have massively exactly. um, Elise, yeah, even Edward dragging yeah, players off. Mean, I mean, I was gutted we missed out on him, to be honest. I, you know, I, I really thought I we were going to sign him. I think he's really daft to miss out on Edward. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> daft, daft, daft to let him I'd have him Liverpool as well, probably. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the man can score goals. Um, and yeah, I agree with you, mate. That's why Ben Teke's kind of... I mean, he scored a great goal against Arsenal. Um, and I think that's why he's kind of coming into his own again. But Patrick Vieira, he's under... You know, he came, he came to the Premier League under pressure. You know, Crystal Palace fans, you know, they want success. Um, and you know they want to start winning football matches and like I said I can see Crystal Palace the improvement of Crystal Palace in such a short space of time um, and they're doing it without Wilfred Zaha as well because you know yeah. obviously out injured or even so, is he yeah when he comes back in um, Zaha I mean who knows what the future might hold for Crystal Palace but Definitely, definitely um, a, a good job for Vieira, and he's definitely doing a, a good job um, at Crystal Palace. Yeah. I mean, Before we move on from Benteke, though, I think the, the issue that Benteke's had since he moved to Palace is, is confidence. Like, playing under, mm. under managers like Hodgson, uh, I guess this style of play kind of suits just lumping it into the box and hoping for mm. Benteke, but he always seemed he was playing within himself. But this game this weekend, I mean, why? He tried a scissor kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three yeah. or four different uh, really well won headers. You can definitely see he's got his confidence back. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's, it's the old saying, under... isn't it? Confident goal. Uh, you know, strikers. Are, if a striker's not confident, he's not going to score goals. Exactly. Is he? You know, if he starts yeah. banging them in, 
Like, like, I think you know, to do with that as well is, you know, you're playing for Hodge. You know how passive the football is going to be and how sort of stable it is going to be at the back and in the midfield. And you know you're probably only going to get two quality chances on a good day as a striker. And that's a difficult thing because you, you must be thinking, if you miss one, you think, I'm going to have a bad game. That's me. I've missed my chance. You know, whereas you play on the patch with Vera, you know another chance and too far away. It's five yeah. minutes away, five, six minutes away before you get another quality chance at goal. Um, they, they're just, I, you know. Just to, just to jump in on that though, I think I think the issue is at the minute and it probably is the only issue because, I, I, look, I, I rate Patrick Vieira very highly as a manager just purely off what he's done so far. I think it's been excellent the way he's transformed such a defensive side and, and make them look so entertaining, creating chances for fun like we've said. They need to start turning some of these draws into wins, though, mm-hmm. because it is going to become a point where if they don't do that, it's going to be you know they're going to be playing a very dangerous game. Um, it seems like they're they're finding every new and which way to to get through a game without actually getting the three points at the end of it. Um, obviously, this week we had we had VAR to thank for that one, um, but yeah, it's the, it's been excellent football. Tremendous how he's transformed that team. But but the points need to start coming now. I think. Excellent. I mean, they were very unlucky Adam. against Arsenal. They were robbed. You know, we robbed yeah. them. I think they've robbed been robbed of the three points <laughs> in this this match yeah, as well. You know, there's no there's no getting around it. They played us off the pitch. Um, yeah, I was happy. We you know we we got the point. But when when you sit back and you mull over the game, we've completely robbed them. I mean, that was three points they could have got. Probably should have beaten Newcastle at the weekend. That's six points. You know, they're moving on up the table, yeah. and you know everything at Crystal Palace looks different. You know, absolutely. God forbid. That this does happen. Say that, that it doesn't quite work out for Arteta at Arsenal, Craig. Would you? What would you be? Opinions being right? saying that that things keep going well for Vieira at Palace. Mm. Is he a manager that that just obviously he's a legend at the club? Do you think? But given the obviously, like, I don't know if you'd call Arteta maybe an Arsenal legend. Not definitely not in the same vein as Patrick Vieira. Well, of course not. No, no. Um, because I mean, very, the few, word very few players are. Yeah, I mean, the word legend <laughs> um, gets thrown around too easily these days. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's an Arsenal legend. He's part of the history. Oh, he's Patrick part of the framework. Of course. So of course, would, would he be welcomed at the Emirates? Would I take him? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, of course. Why not? Do you know, I mean, people are screaming out for us to get, you know, this manager, that manager, this manager. When it's, they're not going to come to an Arsenal or a club at the moment where we haven't. If if a big manager comes in, the big manager's going to want a load of money, and we haven't got it. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter how you look at it. We haven't. We we just haven't got the money. It's the way our model is. They want to buy cheap, sell. You know, buy low, sell high, make some money. This, that, and the other. You can't have a Conte coming into Arsenal because he's going to want 300, 200, yeah. 300 million. You can't have Ten Hag coming into Arsenal. He's going to want the same. Any man, any big name manager that comes into Arsenal is going to want money. I take Patrick Vieira all day long because he's going to come in and he, perhaps he might instill some of his Arsenal, um, his Arsenal DNA into them. You know, you know when you know. I know this this is going to sound stupid, but you know when I was here, you know we we, we played for the badge. We, we, you know, we're not here to play for money. There's a few, mm-hmm. te- there's a few players in that squad now who are there to play for money. Um, in my opinion, I don't want players there playing for money. I want players to play for the shirt. And you know, in Patrick Vieira's time, every single one of those players played for the shirt week in, week out. Um, and I think that is why they were such, they they were such a good team. There was no egos. That you, you know, there was no, you know, there was no diva. It, it, it was we've got a job to do. We're a team, and we, you know, we represent Arsenal. So. If he could bring some of that back into the club, then yeah, of course. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would bring that back into the club. Um, would I take Patrick Vieira as the next Arsenal manager? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Very well. Um, some of the Palace players said the that they didn't really enjoy the double sessions that Patrick Vieira had them on for so long when he first came in, but they're very much enjoying the results in the pitch. I think, mm-hmm. that, I think that speaks for itself. You don't say no to a man like Patrick Vieira when he asks. Exactly. Speaking of speaking of teams that are finding it hard to get their three points over the line, we come next to Leeds and Wolves, two teams that are quite clearly quality teams, quality squads, but they're just not quite getting the results that that should be merited to squads as such. Deej, I'm coming back to you. Um, Leeds very much dominated this game. Again, never got it over the line. Wolves, although they, they like to play without the ball, you think you'd, like, you'd probably argue they were maybe a wee bit passive in this game. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts on those two clubs? So coming into this game, I expected this to be a relatively comfortable win for Wolves. I think Leeds' form has been dire at the beginning of this season. Wolves have been looking pretty decent of, of late. Uh, Huang has been a, a revelation for them coming in on loan from Leipzig. 
Uh, Jimenez being back, uh, when he's on the ball, it always looks like something could happen. And then you throw in the other quality that they've got around the team, like Ait Nori and Neves and uh, what's his name? Moutinho, uh, Cody. Like they, they've, they've got a solid team uh, and they are getting back to winning ways now. And I thought Leeds would be brushed aside easily by them. But Leeds really did dominate the game, like you said. Rafina was a big part of that. Uh, Rodrigo's goal, it was, it was a decent goal. Nothing to write home about. Uh, kind of the, the the most disappointing game of the weekend. I think it was just yeah. and boring, pretty yeah. much the whole time. Weren't great. Yeah, Adam. Ooh, you one one about thing before, before we move on. Sorry, uh, Gelhart who came on. Oh, what a what a young player! Actually, player yeah, that's a great yeah. point, Deejay. I'm glad you've, yeah. you've you've touched on that. Uh, the youngster came on and and, and made his mark in the game. And he probably could have won it for Leeds if he'd squared it. But obviously, oh, yeah. you're that age. You're in front of goal. There's no chance you're ever squaring anything, um, especially late on in a game. You think, oh, do you know, what? I'm, I might not start next game, but you know, I could make a mark here, make a headline. Um, Adam as well. <laughs> uh, okay, you spoke you spoke quite a lot about Leeds and Rafinha this season. Um, they have the players to be doing better than they are and they have the manager that's quite clearly um, tactically gifted but where is it going wrong for them? It's, it's difficult to really pinpoint it. I think there are so many things that, that seem to be going wrong. Um, like the energy is certainly still there. We can see that. Um, that was obviously a big concern with Leeds that you know eventually is, is the gas going to run out? Um, with with the intensity that, that that they play with, but I think that's probably one of the few things that they still seem to have this season. Um, but and and I, I know it, it seems like a really boring thing to say, but they're just they're conceding too many goals. They're not scoring enough goals, <laughs> um, and 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 it, it is it is really as simple as that. And and it's it's a weird one to say. I think especially after last season, um, as Deej mentioned, you sort of going into this game you expected Wolves to blitz them I think Wolves had just just won three on the bounce Leeds sort of look like they can't buy a win at the minute um I think they've only had one win all season correct me if I'm wrong um I it's 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 a really difficult one with Leeds like I said because there seems to be so many issues and not really anything that you can you know you can't pinpoint anything and say yeah this this is the reason why Leeds aren't winning at the moment um which which you know that that's where it becomes a big problem because how do you fix it? Well, how do you fix something if you don't know what what the key the issues are? Yeah. Um, so look, I, I think I think Leeds are are, are going to struggle because I think it probably is one of these things. They're just they're just going to have to keep doing what they do. We 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 know how stubborn Bielsa is. He's not going to change his ways. They're going to continue to keep playing the exact same way. Um, and and if the form continues, they 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 could be in serious trouble of being in a relegation battle come the end of the season. Yeah, I do have faith that they will turn it around, and that's purely based on the manager that I, I rate quite highly. Um, yeah, sorry, just to stick, I, I believe they will eventually. I believe they will almost play themselves into form. Yeah, I'm very um, much in the, the same. The thing. danger is just there right now. Yeah. Right, so we, we next go to the, the, the blue side, the Merseyside. Um, Claudio Ranieri's Watford, um, after getting beat um, five goals at, level, at the red side of Merseyside, they go to the blue side and score five. Um, against Everton, and it all went very wrong for Rafa very quickly in this game. Josh King, like uh, he, he gets to, to stick his two fingers up at Everton, not getting a single start in his tenure there, and his six months he did at Everton, uh, he goes there, bags a hat-trick against him. Um, I'll come to you, Craig. Um, Watford, um, they've come back up, you know, and yep. they've, they've, they've sacked another manager and appointed Claudio Ranieri, mm. who's a, is a highly touted manager. Do, do you see them? How many more? more how, actually, how many more managers do you see them having this season? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think Ranieri will get sacked. Um, uh, again, you know, people are quick to think that managers are. Oh, Ranieri won the Premier League. That's great. So Watford are going to start marching up the table now. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. Um, my performance of the week, Watford, absolutely brilliant. I no, mean, they when they went one nil, when when they went one nil down, I worried. I was worried for them, you know. Oh no, they're going to—they're going to be on the end of another spanking. But they kept going, um, and by God, did they play Everton off the pitch? Absolutely immense, Josh King. Three beautiful goals, um, lovely finishes. You know, very simple finishes, but very, very effective um, when he had the ball and when he was off the ball. Sizoko in midfield just bullied Excellent. every. You know, absolutely brilliant. Um, so I think Ranieri's going to. I think Ranieri will be all right at Watford, and I, I, I'd tap Watford for a mid-table finish um, if if 
um, they keep playing the way they are. And of course, if Ranieri can, you know, can um, get them, if Ranieri can keep them playing like that. Watford are a bit of a weird one. They're a bit like Norwich. They keep going up, they keep going down. You know, they come up, they go down. But I think this year we might see, with Ranieri in charge, we might see a little bit more of Watford. Um, and like I said, especially with that, that Josh King up front, Suzoko in midfield, it's something that they've never had. Um, especially, Suzuko, like I talk about Suzoko, he's a big man. You know he's going to a knock dominant the force in midfield. Absolutely. So I mean, Josh King's going to be buzzing. Um, you know, he, he's he, he he's he can't wait to get back on the pitch. You know, he wants to score some more goals. Um, so yeah, performance of the week for me. But, but uh, Everton were awful as well. You know, Everton just gave up. Um, you know, I don't rate Jordan Pickford. I think he's awful. I don't know how he's England's number one. <laughs> um, he, he he's just so bad. He, he's just so so bad. Um, Seamus Coleman's coming to the end. Um, they've, they've got to do something with their defence there. Um, I mean, big dunk's face said it all, didn't it? I don't know if you saw. He had his head you in his hands. Of day, you know, I mean, but what did make me laugh about that game was um, when they took the young lad off and everyone was booing. Yeah. And, and he um... brought on Ricardison and he goes down the other end five minutes later and puts them 2-1 <laughs> up, you know? So just goes to show that fans always don't know best. But yeah, performance of the week for me, Watford. Um, and I, I think they'll survive this year. One interesting think... point on that game as well. Ishmael Assar was not involved in the goals or the assists in that. Really? The player that carried them last season and was their bright spark at the beginning mm. of this season and the end of their last season in the Premier League. No assist, no goal for him this game. And considering Watford got absolutely humiliated by Liverpool the week before, mm. this is quite some bounce back. And I think you you touched on it well there, Craig. For me, at the beginning of the season, Watford were my favourites to go down, followed by Norwich and then either Newcastle or Southampton in that third spot. I'm now thinking, like, Ranieri's got the right kind of head on his shoulders to, mind, to avoid a relegation it. battle. Yeah. So yeah. a mid-table finish now doesn't look beyond Watford. There was a few years ago when Ranieri was appointed at Fulham. Uh, to, to, to sort of firefight manage for, them, manage for them and they were sat right outside the relegation zone and they sacked them and I think they, I believe that's when they appointed Scott Parker and they actually ended up going down and I, th- I said so many times that I just feel as if they'd stuck with Ranieri they would have actually survived that season he is he's, he's, a, he's a great defensive minded coach he's a great motivator as well Ranieri very likable coach um, but obviously he's a very he likes hey, teams to be able he's to, won the Premier League yeah he's done he the job he's won the Premier League you know, you know? You know it's, not, it's, it's not an easy thing to do you know I mean yeah. the top managers will tell you that um, so you know he must have something about him um, the way he got that Leicester team playing they were phenomenal Oh, um, that, that, that yeah. year, and you know, total deserved champion. So, yeah, Ranieri, you know, he's he's no mug. No, he's he's, he's up there. He's up there with a top tier caliber of manager. Uh, you're looking at this Everton side. You're thinking, right? There's some key areas here where they're, they're clearly missing. They are missing a lot of players. Anthony Gordon, even though he get booed, uh, the the crowd booed when he was coming off. He's still mm. clearly a youngster adapting to the Premier League. Uh, Tom Davis, even though he scores, I don't think he's a Premier League level player. I honestly think he's destined for the Championship. I think if he wasn't homegrown in English, I think he would be <laughs> um, somewhere else. Um, and and obviously Solomon Rondon is. Uh, is is there to cover? He's not there to play every game, I don't think. Yeah. And he's, he's getting a few minutes in the in the legs that you probably didn't expect to get this season. Um, but yeah, I think that's where Everton seem to be lacking a little bit. Um, we next go to uh, a six pointer between the Southampton and Burnley. Um, two each, actually, a more exciting game than 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 most people would have thought it was. Um, the most non-Burnley player ever, uh, Cornley, gets gets a brace in this game. Adam, uh, give us your thoughts on the match. Um, look again. I think when uh, when we, I've been speaking about Burnley this season, I've actually been speaking quite uh, quite highly about Burnley this season for for a change. It, it seems like it's the first season whereby they're not every game. It doesn't feel like they actually are just sat with the with the two banks of four behind the ball. You know, we we've actually seen some exciting moments from Burnley and and some exciting games from Burnley where they've looked to press teams and they've looked to get at teams and. And, and try and sort of get on the front foot and and look results wise it, it it's not really worked out for them i think it's four draws and five defeats this season um but you can see and i think this was a base for 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 you being able to see that they are starting to 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 maybe get a feel for get get a feel for things now and 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 look against a team like southampton who i think we all pipped for or most of us pipped for for being some of the the relegation favorites 
obviously, and they've got they've gone and taken points from both both Manchester clubs as well in, in recent times. I think I think this was a really good point for Burnley. Um I thought they played well. I thought I thought you could actually argue Burnley maybe even deserved to nick this one. Um, Southampton, 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 Southampton dominated the ball, um, but I don't I don't really think they did too much with it. Uh, Burnley, when they got their opportunities, I think that I think they were better opportunities that they created. Um, arguably, could have could have maybe took another one, but yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I'm I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking this was. Probably Burnley thinking, yeah, we 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 should have maybe taken three points from this one, and and Southampton probably starting to look over the shoulder a bit now at, at a team like Burnley and thinking, yeah, we we sort of need to get our act together. Um, I, I was impressed by Burnley in this game. I'm impressed by Southampton in a way that for some reason, somehow Ralph Asenhut always managed to keep something of a team together, even yeah. though they've they've been <laughs> plucked apart over the last couple of seasons. You look at the names of this and you think, my what? How are they? How are they not just down already? You know, they've got like Mohamed El Yanoussi, a player I thought was well by it, out in the wing. They got Theo Walcott, a player that a lot of people would have probably said was, was definitely coming to his latter years uh, in terms of football. But they've got your young Livermento that's, that's immersion. Um, they're, they're getting a point without James Ward-Prowse in the pitch. You normally don't get anything without James Ward-Prowse in the pitch. Southampton, so they're just holding something. Man- sorry, managing to get James Ward-Prowse on a new five-year deal as well. I don't know how they did that. Insane. I have no idea how they did that. I mean, mm. they must have something against them. They must be holding his family or something. <laughs> 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 games this weekend. I think yeah. this was my favourite game of the weekend. Yeah, I, it was, it was... I loved watching it. And I, I think the opposite to Adam, I think that Southampton... We're unfortunate not to walk away with the three points on yeah, this. Yeah. Liveramento could have had two two more goals uh, if he was a little bit more lucky. Let's say uh, he finally got one, and and it was it was a good goal as well. Uh, what's his name? Brozier. Look, he looks Brogia. good. He was he was an unknown. Yeah, he was yeah. an unknown at the beginning of the season. That's he what I'm saying. Where is Ralph pulling this team from? You but, know, <laughs> Redmond missed like three sitters that game. Like Redmond could have ended that game in the first half for yeah. them. Um, and, and he was so wasteful. He did get an assist, but his finishing just wasn't there. And I think put Adam Armstrong on the pitch instead of Redmond, he buries those uh, nine times out of ten. Uh, I just felt like Cornet was destined for the hat-trick here. I really his second like goal was fantastic yeah, as well, no, wasn't I'm it? That, how, how he twisted his body for that volley. Uh, we next He's need not to a go player, is he? <laughs> We go to the, the Amex next where uh, Brighton hosted Man City. Um, Brighton actually went, went sort of toe-to-toe with Man City in this game. And it didn't... I think the scoreline actually flattered City a wee bit. And I don't often say that because City just tend to like... Any team that's outside the top six, they just seem to, to grind away. Or most teams within the top six <laughs> as well. They just grind and blow them away. And that's how they sort of get through their league there. But Brighton, um, Graham Potter came out and spoke how he didn't really want to sit back against City. He didn't really see any benefit to it. And the majority of teams that do sit back against mm. City are broken eventually. Mm. You know, so um, Craig, I'll come to you here and, and City are having that... Uh, you know, they're up there and obviously title contenders this season. Well, yeah, for me, it's between City and Liverpool. I think we're going to see another City-Liverpool um, top two. Yeah, yeah, swapping and changing, swapping and changing. You know, big results will be, you know, City and Liverpool when City and Liverpool play each other. But I like the way Graham Potter came out and said that, you know, I ain't sitting back. We're going to go for it because, like you said, Simon, there's no point sitting back against Manchester City because they'll just destroy you. Well, so, the evidence you know, is there. That's, you know, exactly. it do you know? I mean, and you know, it's, it's the old you know, fight fire with fire um, kind of thing. Are Brighton capable though of going toe to toe with Manchester City? And, and probably no, no, no. They're not. They, um, they, they lined up even without a striker. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. at a point where um, that's very, uh, that's very yeah. with Man City. I mean, Manchester City lined up aside without yeah, a striker. Yeah, <laughs> Manchester City at the moment they're different gravy, aren't they? They're, you know, I mean, you look at. I know I'm an Arsenal fan and I always keep referencing Arsenal, but if you look at Arsenal and you look at Manchester City, Arsenal are miles off. Yeah, are miles off of Manchester mm-hmm. City. They're miles off Liverpool. You know, they're miles off. You could, I mean, you could probably, you know, they're miles off Chelsea. So to have Brighton, you know, are even more miles off, you know, no, no disrespect to, to Brighton, but that's just the way it is. Manchester City. I mean, the signing of Jack Grealish for me is a ma- massive signing for for Manchester City. Um, I-, I thought he was going to end up at Manchester United. 
for, for, for a short while there. But Manchester City came in for him. They've plucked him. He's playing some superb stuff as well. You know, he's, settled, he's settling in there really nicely. He's positioned. He's probably the first player on the, on Pep's team sheet, I would imagine. Um, and you've got, uh, what's his name, scoring goals as well again, Gabriel Jesus, you know, and F- Phil Foden. What a player. What yeah, a player he's... Phil Foden is. I mean, you can, we could sit here all night and do a podcast about how <clears throat> Manchester City are, you know, and just talk every, every position um, Manchester City have got. They've, you know, they've, they've got one of the best players in the league, in Europe, um, in every position. So fair play to Potter uh, for trying to go, for trying to go at them. But, you know, you you can't go you can't go toe to toe with Manchester City, and in my opinion, unless you're Liverpool, um, and and try and try and play them at their own game, you've got to be a little bit cautious when you're playing teams like that. And I think that was the undoing. Um, I, 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 you know, overall, that was the undoing of them. You know, tired, um, knackered. You, you're playing against top quality opposition, um, and Manchester City came through for the win. Yeah. Even Greg Pelter spoke after the game, said he was very pleased to be his, his team's performance. In mm. fact, actually, if I look at the stats here, um, Brighton actually managed forty-seven percent possession against Manchester City, which is actually no easy feat. The exactly. teams yeah. that are the, the sort of you know that are not up there spending loads of money, you know, your Chelsea's and Liverpool don't tend to get mm. much of the ball if any against City. So I think it speaks to the good things being done at Brighton. Um, Adam, we'll come to you. Um, Man City, would you say they're the Liverpool's main opposition for the title this season? Yeah, I think we, we've spoken... Oh, for sure. I think we've spoken about this before. I, I think the, the big thing for me is no other team, including Chelsea, has proven that they can go and win 10, 15 games in a row. And I'm not just saying go unbeaten. I'm saying actually go and win that many games in a row and, and put that sort of run together. And the heights that these two teams have hit over the last few seasons, okay, Liverpool not so much last season, but... I think the the benchmark really is really is those two teams, and I think when they played against each other in the two all draw, just the quality all over the pitch, you you could see these two teams are still still a level above. And and this is no disrespect to Chelsea. I think Chelsea are a brilliant team, but you very rarely see teams that play with that sort of three slash five at the back going on to win a league. It's um, and, and, <clears throat> yeah. But I think in terms of the thirty-eight game season, yeah, you you very very rarely see it, and and I think also you look you look they obviously they've added Lukaku who I know there's a couple of questions about him at, at the moment, but I'm I'm sure he'll come good again. However, you look towards the end of last season with Chelsea, and I know they won the Champions League, but in terms of league form, you think about how far ahead they were of Liverpool, and Liverpool were quite literally limping to the finish line. Um, and, and the way that Chelsea just sort of, sort of tailed off and ended up finishing behind Liverpool. And, and and Chelsea, by the way, quite fortunate to actually have even finished in top four. And the Champions League, um, they were better yeah, yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that it definitely will happen with Chelsea, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they did have a, maybe a few games where they just start to tail off a, a little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either, especially with um, Lukaku started. I won't say struggle, but just not hit the heights that people maybe expected them to hit to get them quite over the line for that for that title. Uh, but it's still very early on, obviously. Uh, Deej- yeah, I think the past few games with uh, with Chelsea, where Lukaku has been playing, Mount's been injured and not playing, and, and like uh, the problem that Chelsea had last season is they didn't have anyone to finish off their chances. Mason Mount was the most creative player in the league as far as creating clear cut chances goes last season. Mm-hmm. Put Lukaku there instead of Werner, they'd have they'd have easily stayed in the, ahead of Liverpool. We probably wouldn't yeah. have made the top four then. Yeah. Uh, right. Now Mount is back, and when Lukaku comes back, we'll start seeing those two combining properly. They did have a couple of games at the beginning of the season that looked promising, but then obviously fitness hasn't lined up for them to play very much since then. As soon as they're back in the team going, I think Chelsea are just going to kick on and go and go yeah. and go. And they're still my favourites for the title this season. I can't look past them. I know City are are amazing. Liverpool have been on fire, but Chelsea's quality in their squad is, is just too too much, I think. Such a, an interesting season. Such a, um interesting race for the title. And a lot of neutrals as well. I think we'll hope it goes right to the death and we have an interesting end to the season. Uh, too many times we've seen the, the, the League 1 in sort of April. Um, so we'd always see that. Well, 
if it was Liverpool, I'd, I'd quite happily take it. But, um, <laughs> Greg, we come to you, the old enemy of the Arsenal. Um, couldn't, uh, they suffered defeat against West Ham, a decent West Ham. Uh, <laughs> you had a very good weekend this weekend. Uh, oh, if Carlsberg did football weekends. <laughs> um, West Ham, absolutely flying. David Moyes, he's put that side together. They are, they are super, aren't they? Well, I mean, he, that started off last year, didn't it? Got them playing some, you know, got them into the Europa League. West Ham fans must be thinking, oh, my God, what, you know, they, they must have been so, so happy. And then, of course, you know, West Ham, West Ham fans, you know, we can kind of hold, you know, we, we can high five when uh, West Ham are playing Spurs because, you know, we I like to see West Ham beating Spurs, of course. Well, I like to see anyone beating Spurs, but West Ham, <laughs> West Ham also. But uh, David Moyes, again, you know, he's kicking on again this season. They, they've picked up from where they've left off and they've got a brilliant result against Spurs. But Spurs, I don't know what's happening at Spurs. It, they've, I mean, they came to the Emirates there a couple of weeks ago and they were awful, absolutely awful. You know, I spend a week worrying um, when that fixture comes around. You know, if it's on a Saturday, the, the, the butterflies start on the Monday and I spent a whole week worrying and then to watch Arsenal turn them over in 45 minutes was absolutely beautiful. Harry Kane does not want to be at Tottenham Hotspur. No, he doesn't. <laughs> see it, you know, he, he just does not want to be there. That this, Instagram um, post was written spite. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you can see that this gentleman's agreement um, hasn't happened. I believe there was a gentleman's agreement. Um, there must have been a gentleman's yeah. agreement that Harry Kane said, right, I'll stay for one more year. But if this year, I think getting to the Champions League final stopped Harry Kane from leaving after that. I think Harry Kane and the rest of the Spurs players and the fans thought, yeah, we're really going to kick on now. We're going to be, you know, we're, we're going to kick on and we're going to challenge for the league. I mean, sacking Poch, I, even to this day, I just don't understand why they they done that. I have no idea why they've done that. What they should have done was back him in the transfer market. Yeah, yeah, they should have fucking I mean, backed him. Exactly. Um, I mean, I know that Daniel Levy, you know, he's, he's supposedly as tight as a duck's ass. I don't know when it, when it comes to giving out money um, and stuff like that. But you can tell that there's something gone wrong at Spurs. And I think the manager, uh, don't even ask me how to pronounce his name, that manager mm-hmm. coming in from Wolves. You know. Nuno has, Nuno. has, has put an, another, <laughs> another dampener on the players because you've got you've you a Spurs fan you've just spent uh, how many millions and billions of pounds on this new stadium you get into Champions League finals you've got you know the one of the best strikers in the in the world they call him um, <laughs> playing for you and then you've got Son and you've got you know there's there's a lot of other players there that started linking up and playing really well and then all of a sudden you've sacked Poch and you're bringing in a fella from Wolves <laughs> So I, as a Tottenham fan, they must be thinking, what's going on here? They must have been expecting, I don't know, anyone that, uh, over Nuno. If I was well, a Spurs he was, fan... He was yeah, evidently like not yeah. even in the top if 10. If I was a Spurs the, fan, um, I'd, I mean, when he, when, when he popped up on Sky Sports, he got the job. I was thinking, God, they must be desperate. Well, they, they went for Conte, desperate. didn't they? But yeah, Conte they went for Conte. Yeah. Couldn't come to the game. I think no, Conte said not, something along the lines of yeah. 400 million. Yeah, Levy wouldn't give him the money. So there you go, I'm out. But um, yeah, look, Spurs, I think Spurs are going to struggle this season. And um, long match. But it looks of things, yeah. yeah. I think I don't go under the radar. You've got Harry Kane playing for when When Harry Kane plays and when he wants to play, he's unmarkable, he's unplayable, and he's one of the best at what he does. But when he doesn't want to play, he sticks out like a sore thumb, an he absolute does. sore thumb. He, he, any any football fan who's listening to this now will be able to say any, any one of you. I mean, you three there can see it when he's playing. It's just not interested. I've no. never seen Harry Kane play as poorly as he did against Arsenal um, a few weeks ago. And that is when I sat back. I said it to my brother-in-law. I said, this boy's off. He'll be gone in January, I reckon. And yeah. I really, I still believe he'll be gone in January. And I reckon he's, he's in a city shot. I could see him at Manchester City shot already. Or, or I could see him at Manchester United. Yeah, go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go there. With Cavani and Ronaldo. But I mean, yeah. for, for this weekend, though, you have to give credit to West Ham. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fabianski was incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really rate Fabianski that highly. I, I call him Flappy Hans. I've always rated him. I've always rated him. Even at Swansea. <laughs> he, had, he had an absolute blinder. And, and I mean, talk about sort of unsung heroes. How good is Cresswell? Oh, yeah. He is, oh, he's super. He is an absolute he's underrated. See, he, he falls into that bracket underrated, definitely. Because he's and not Bowen, that lad Bowen. 
He, 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 like again, uh, another underrated footballer, you know. But he, these players like Cresswell and Bowen are prime examples of if you've got the managers backing, and if you and and you and you, if you've got the managers backing, you're going to go out on that pitch and play your heart out for him. And you know, these boys do it. Even Antonio there, you know, pops up and scores the goal. These boys are doing it. David Moyes has instilled some kind of confidence in these players that they've never had before, um, and they just step out onto the pitch every week and believe um, that they can get a result. Something that David Moyes is uh, fe- very good at. Um, I will just finish up our, our best hand uh, Spurs coverage with uh, what Kurt Zimmer said in the, in the media. They asked him, are you worried about playing against Harry Kane? And he said, well, I play against Michael Antonio every week in training. So, no, I'm not worried against playing against Harry Kane. <laughs> what a signing um, he's been for West Ham as well, oh, by the way. What, oh, yeah. what a player. What a player. Adam, the, the good times at Brentford seem to have ended. Um, Brendan Rodgers <laughs> got the win over them. Um, it's not not the worst result in the world for Brent, Brentford. You're not going to go, you know, kicking a stone down the road because Brentford didn't get the three points at Leicester. Um, yeah, tell us. Tell us I thought they deserve. I, I thought Brentford deserved to, though. To be honest, um, like I got to be completely honest. I thought Casper Schmeichel was incredible, um, and <clears throat> he really, really did save Leicester. I don't, I don't, I don't think they did de- de- deserve to win at all. Um, but look, as you said, these these performance, well, sorry, these results. They're not going to damage Brentford too much because Brentford's aim before the season started will have just been to stay in the Premier stay League. In the Premier League. Um, I think I think a lot of us now are sort of expecting them to finish maybe more around mid-table. But but yeah, you know, a, a loss here and there for Brentford. I, I, again, especially when it's an unlucky loss like this, it's something for them to build upon. And they'll, they'll look into the next week's fixture and they'll say, look, well, we got unlucky last week. We'll go and play the same way. You know, they are... <clears throat> battering most teams they play against in, in in terms of you know how they keep the ball how they create chances i thought even though he didn't score ivan tony with his build-up play again brilliant yeah absolutely yes. brilliant um and 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 look like we even saw that the, the game against liverpool um obviously speaking as a liverpool fan they they were so good they went toe-to-toe <laughs> with us and matched us in every area of the pitch with far worse players <clears throat> they very, very much did so deserve the point. Um, so it's certainly nothing, nothing to dampen upon uh, for Brentford. Uh, although I think they did deserve the three points. Um, however, for Leicester, obviously things were looking all dark and gloomy before Man United came into town and uh, <laughs> and Leicester did them in. Um, so this is probably momentum to build on for Leicester yeah. now. Um, yeah, they really they've, need to they've now got. Back to back wins. I think this should be the the time now where they, they really are a big big club and, now, and and yeah. European football is expected every season. And big clubs like Leicester, I think European football is expected every season, especially the players they've got, the managers sure. got in place. That needs to be that needs to be a consistent thing, even if it's Europa. Um, because I, I always did imagine Champions League is their the ultimate goal and in, in Europe every season would be the sort of worst case scenario. But yeah, there's still early doors. I, I do believe Leicester will be up there fighting for that Europa place. Or Europa's, Europa just, uh, Conference League place, if, uh, if they'd like that as well. Isn't that going to uh, the FA Cup when it's this to, season? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Just, yeah, just, just to add in as, as well, though, Tielemans, fuck me. He oh, he's so bangers, good. He? Yeah, Another he's... insane finish from Tielemans. On the scores by Woody's. Another one who's going to end up at Manchester City, I suppose. Or Liverpool. Or Liverpool, yeah. Or Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. yeah. In January, yeah. yeah. We shall see. It won't, go, it won't go cheap, I'll tell you that. It won't. It won't go cheap. Uh, we need to talk about the, the big one, the fire rubber. Um, the, the Manchester-Liverpool uh, game where it could not have gone ro- more wrong for Manchester United. <laughs> uh, we've got three Liverpool fans amongst an Arsenal fan here, so it's, got, it's all going to be. Uh, if, you, if you are a Manchester United fan, I would uh, I would just end the podcast here. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a sad old time for you. <laughs> uh, so goodbye, to all those Manchester United fans. Um, if you want to hear a more in-depth review of this match, we did one over on the Total Liverpool podcast. Please go get that. You can get that link to all the uh, the website and socials at Total Schemers. Uh, Deej, start us off. Uh, give us a quick review of the match. Yeah, summary of this game in general, I think. You can boil it down to two words. Tactical ineptitude. Uh, Ali has taken this team as far as he can take them. He's got arguably some of the best players in positions in the world with like Ronaldo, Fernandez. You've got players like Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood, Cavani. I mean, I don't think, I think it's becoming clearer and clearer now. People have been talking about Maguire in the same sort of breath as Van Dijk and Diaz and whatnot. It's it's clear. It is clear that he's nowhere near. He is miles off that level. Even when he plays well, he's, he's still not at that peak. But 
I think, think Gold. Sorry, I think I think Goldbridge put it best with Maguire. He uh, he, he said Maguire couldn't lead a pack of ants to a picnic. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he, hang on. Well, I think the uh, I think where was I going with that? I was saying Maguire's uh, <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah, but I think Ollie's taken uh, Ollie's taken this team as as far as he can go. And I I can't remember who it was, but somebody called into Talksport and said, uh, "Look, if if Ali Gunnar Solskjaer truly loves Manchester United, he should resign." And, and I, I think agree he with does. That. I think he does love Manchester United, but not as much as he loves Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> he's definitely been, his own biggest fan. Um, there's been like sort of rumours and murmurings around that there's been discussions today about whether Ollie's going to keep his job, whether they're going to go for Conte. Uh, Conte has said, look, United would be one of the ones that would make me take a job mid-season rather than waiting for the off-season. So it could be happening. But I mean, it could be an interesting 40 hours. Top four is not mathematically impossible yet. That tends to be when United get rid of their managers. Do you want to wait until it is, though? Well, historically, that's what they've done. Mourinho went when top four was mathematically impossible. Moyes did. Van Gaal got done at the end of the season when he only Mm -hmm. won an FA Cup. I think I think what what needs to start happening now is that United fans, United players, the United board, they need to start lowering their expectations. United now are where Arsenal were six or seven years ago. They're on a downward trajectory, and it's not going to get any better unless they get rid of Oli and get a proven winner in there. Because Oli's resume before before um, Manchester Mulder United, and Cardiff, Mulder and Cardiff, and he got relegated with Cardiff. <laughs> and uh, Mulder play in Norway. So it's like, <laughs> how, how do you get the big, arguably you're not the exactly going to catch football uh, on that you're CV? Yeah, your Paul Pogwis and Cristiano Ronaldo's aren't, aren't playing in Norway, are they? Uh, well, so here's, it's, a different, here's, uh, it's a different old uh, kettle of fish, I think. Well, here's, here's a quick little action from the game that sort of epitomizes what I think the relationship between Ollie and the dressing room is. I think it was after the fourth goal, Ollie was looking towards Shaw and Maguire. Given all his mm. arm movement stuff, nobody knows what he's saying. Yeah. Ronaldo was just stood watching him up up by the Liverpool box, yeah. watched him for like five seconds, and then just started going. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the middle of the pitch, taking the mick out of him. It's like, yeah, if you've not got the respect of your striker, yeah. how are you going to have the respect of the rest of your team? Oh, dear me, Craig, mm. uh, give us give us an Arsenal fans perspective. Oh, give us an outside perspective. It was uh, lovely this match. But I'd like to say I was a neutral, but I'm not. Bloody eight man United. Um, <laughs> I'm with you boys when it comes to that. But Liverpool, for me, Mohamed Salah is the best player on the planet oh, um, at, at this present time. he The goal against Watford he got the other week has not been talked about enough for me. That was, without doubt, one of the best goals I've ever witnessed. Well, I didn't witness it. I witnessed it, witnessed it on match of the day, but you know what I'm saying. Um, he's a genius. I, I, I can't believe that clubs like Chelsea and Roma have let him fall through the, let him fall through the cracks because... What we're watching here is what we're watching here is the next, you know, the next big thing for me. You know, we all talk about Messi, we all talk about Ronaldo, people talk about Mbappe, but Mohamed Salah is just—he's top of the pile for me. Great, he's the best player in the world at present. Um, Liverpool, I didn't expect to Liverpool. I, I really didn't expect Liverpool to go there and win five 0 I have to say that I thought it was going to be a close, closely contested game. I thought it was going to be quite a scrappy affair. You know, two teams going at each other, dark. You know. People say that form form goes out the window when you when you're playing a derby, but by God, did Liverpool hold on to their form book? But to a man, second gear oh, either. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a man that they were superb. The goalkeeper Trent um, Robertson, that new lad there. That um, is it, Coyote? Coyote, the defender. Canate. Canate. Sorry. Um, I mean, very very impressed with him. Very, very impressed. Jordan Henderson, that ball for the fifth goal, was it? Yeah, if the De Bruyne, if De Bruyne or Fernandez or um, any top midfielder had done that, they, that would be being replayed around the world over and over and over again. It was absolutely world class. How can you put a <clears> ball <throat> onto his foot with the outside of your boot from that angle? Absolutely genius. Um, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool were unbelievable. Manchester United, you've all. You know, I mean, I'm sure you talk. I'm sure you t- talked about it. Solskjaer's formation: two in midfield against Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, something we touched on in, in depth. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, how can you how can you put two in midfield against Liverpool? It, it, it's you know, it's, it's asking for trouble. I mean, Naby Keita has had the freedom of Old Trafford. You know, he, 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 unbelievable. So, yeah, for me, Liverpool, I, I can't, 
I mean, I know DG's saying that he's looking at Chelsea to win the league, but I I can't see past Liverpool if they carry on going like the way they are. They're, I've always said that I love watching Liverpool play football because they play it properly and they just make it look so easy. They just make the game look so easy. And I've always said that the game of football is easy. Um, it's formations and it's tactics and it's this and the other that complicates it. But Liverpool and Klopp, have got it off to a tee and they're, they're my champions elect anyway Liverpool definitely definitely I think just wow. to piggyback on that really quickly is uh, we speak about um, form sort of going out the windows in, in derbies and and as you say Craig how, how easy sort of Liverpool and, and Klopp made that game look I think a lot of credit has to actually go to Klopp because mm. for me this was the first time he properly played the game not the occasion I think too many times, especially in recent years with Klopp, we've shown Man United so much respect when there was just no reason to. You know, <clears throat> I think the the game where we drew one one, Adam Lallana scored uh, in like the eighty fifth minute to equalise for us, sticks into mind. We were eighteen games unbeaten before that, looking really good. Man United were in a phase where it was looking like Solskjaer was going to get sacked again, and and we went there and stunk the place out. This time, it just it just looked like we were sent out to play against any other team. Mm. You know, we, we weren't playing the occasion of Manchester United. We were just playing a game of football, yeah. and, and the result showed from that. Absolutely. Can't, couldn't Absolutely. agree more. Couldn't, couldn't agree, agree more. more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, boys, that comes, that takes us to the end of our podcast. Uh, and I want to thank you very much. It's been a great, great show. Uh, and I also want to thank our listeners uh, for, for tuning in uh, and listening. Um, we will be back on uh, Thursday or Friday um, with our, whatever show that is. Uh, but thank you very much for tuning in. Um, Craig, Adam, Deej, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure, mate. You're it welcome. Is. Absolutely. Uh, and until next time. Uh, Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.